Welcome to Licked and Loaded, everybody. I'm Laura Desiree, and my guest today is someone who does not shy away from telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth when it comes to her story, her career path that took her from sugaring to escorting all the way to mainstream pornography. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to sit and chat with the oh-so-fabulous Connie Perignon. So excited to have the fabulous and one of the most buzzed about adult stars, Connie Perignon, here on Licked and Loaded today. Welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. I mean, there really is a groundswell in the business that is just humming your name right now. You're working with some of the top names in the business. You've got so much momentum in porn. I want to know where this story starts. What was your venture into the adult industry? Yeah, so um, I started actually really early. So I started as like, you know, just doing like sugar baby type stuff um, when I was 18 and did that for just a little decided uh I don't think I'm cut out for this Mm -hmm. um and then went like the like corporate route um I worked for a really large company working in the marketing department for a long time um so I've had this background in fashion and marketing and like a very um vanilla life for a long time um and then you know, I kind of just decided that I didn't want to work for other people anymore. Um, So uh, I had a friend who basically suggested like, hey, maybe you should try sugaring again. So I started doing that very quickly realized like, oh, I think I'm comfortable with this. Um, So from there, I moved on to escorting um, and have basically just been doing escorting for a while. Um, and you know, only fans and all of that, mm-hmm. but, uh, really how the whole porn thing started was, uh, Jules Jordan reached out to me and was just like, Hey, do you want to do a porn? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I've been asked for a long time to do porn. Um, and I've always said no, cause I was like, doesn't you know I'm not really comfortable with it uh you know um I think I'm still kind of getting comfortable with being on camera um but uh yeah he reached out and I don't know I think it was just like this would make for a good story so I I'm one of those people I do anything for a good story and I was like Mm -hmm. you know one day uh you know, if I have children, if I have grandchildren, I can say like, oh, grandma did porn once, you know? Um, and so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Um, and I really had no expectations. Uh, I think it was really just the opportunity was so great. Like Jules is such a legend. Um, and so I was like, okay, do one video, see how that goes. Um, we did the first video, I hated it. I I hated everything about it. Um, just because like it's it was new for me, you know. Um, I you know I probably shouldn't say this, but I have never felt less sexy in my life. Oh. 
<laughs> and um, you know, it's that's nothing to do with Jules, but a hundred percent just all on me. Um, I was so self-conscious about like, you know, the camera being there and like, am I doing a good job? Um, I remember immediately after my friends being like, Oh, how did it go? I'm like, no clue. <laughs> I basically blacked out, you know? Um, and then it came out and then it was just like this crazy reception from the audience. Um, and I think part of that is people have been waiting. The masses have been waiting for a long time for me to do porn. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I'm a very analytical person. So seeing the numbers, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like, there's something here. I think it's stupid to not try this, you know? So Absolutely. it's like every, every few weeks, the plan kind of changes, you know, like at first it was like, just do that one video. And then it was like, okay, maybe do another one. And then now yeah. it's like, okay, let's try to do this for a year. And then, you know, the things are just coming so quickly where I'm like, okay, new plan, new plan. Um, but it's been crazy. I'm like, so, so grateful for the support that I've gotten. Yeah. Um, and really just the opportunities that have come my way. Like, yeah. I think part of it is, you know, the look, right? Like there aren't really that many girls that look like me, but also just the privilege of having people offer me these opportunities that have really like pushed me into the light or whatever. What an incredible, an incredible trajectory that you, you have every little step along the way noted. And it always makes me feel like a bit of a jerk when I'm like, tell us your story. And your life is full of so many of these very incredible, important moments. You just told us about how many incredible leaps you made. I mean, from sugaring to escorting to porn. I mean, we're talking huge leaps that most of the general public will never experience in their life. Can we talk a little bit more about those early days? Like what city was this taking place in, if you care to share? And talk to me about those leaps from even just entering the industry of sugaring and then taking it to the next step of escorting. How are you feeling and making those decisions along the way? Yeah, um, so I moved to New York when I was 17 years old um, and did the whole college thing. And I took some time off. Um, I did finish college, but I took some time off and you know, very quickly realized that as an 18 year old trying to make rent in New York City with yeah. no college degree, very, very hard, you know, and that was kind of when I got into sugaring. And I think at the time, like seeking arrangements, the site had just come out. You know, right. so it was like the new hot thing. And so I started doing that. But I think I very quickly realized that I didn't really have the chops. You know, I wasn't comfortable in setting boundaries for myself, you know. So, uh, you know, did that for a few months and it was like, oh, no, like this is not this is not good for like a long-term sort of thing. Um, so when I went back to school, finished school, I went, you know, the traditional like corporate route um, mm -hmm. and getting back into sugaring in my like mid twenties was like, okay, well, I know what I did wrong the first time. And I know that, okay, letting people do whatever the fuck, not talking about it, not setting boundaries, that doesn't work, you know? So it mm -hmm. was kind of like having this like, new knowledge of being older and being able to assert myself that I 
brought into it. And I knew that I kind of wanted to go the escort route um, because in many ways, like sugaring is just baby escorting. Um, and I really used the sugaring as like, you know, just trying to get a feel for like being around a bunch of different people, like seeing how mm -hmm. that works, you know? <laughs> and I got to a point where I was like, oh no, I'm really good at this. So, you know, I'm really lucky in the fact that, you know, I've been online for mm -hmm. over a decade, you know? So I kind of had yeah. an audience already. Um, so all I did was put a proton mail in my Twitter bio. And I was like, I feel like this is one of those things. If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then the emails just started coming in. Wow. And so I was like, okay. Like, and then I'm, you know, on the back end, Googling what things mean, how to screen all of this stuff. And, you know, also asking a lot of like my colleagues, like, Hey, right. like, I've never been to this city. Can you tell me like what hotels, all of that? Um, so it was really just like picking up things as I was going, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was really lucky to be successful because like I didn't advertise on any sites for a very long time and everything right. was just off of social media. Um, wow. Yeah, really insane. Wow. <laughs> so between between sugaring the first time, the first experience with it, and then sugaring the second time, which became escorting, can I ask what happened with you exploring sexuality or you learning about setting boundaries? Did you have your own sexual awakening in that time? What kind of got you ready and more prepared to go back into it? Um, honestly, I think just age, you know, yeah. um, age and having this corporate job that yeah. like I always say that I learned how to be a professional human you know mm. like I am very about my business anybody that knows me knows like I am a psycho I'm on time all the time I'm a schedule person I'm like following up all the time you know and all of that is from having this corporate career right. um, and I think like that really taught me like oh because I was for a long time, the youngest person in any room, you know, wow. so I had to grow up very quickly and like figure it out, you know, and I also I was in a relationship for seven years with someone who was wow. 12 years older than me, you know, and just being around him like made me a better person and made me like be able to assert myself because I had the support of a partner, you know? Yeah. It sounds like there's, you know, a wealth of maturity that came at a very young age, which can, which can of course be extremely beneficial to anyone heading into like an entrepreneurial field. Um, as I'm learning about my own, uh, I guess, my own skills in professionalism. And I, I do realize that there is a balance that needs to be struck with having playtime as well, because anyone who has been mature right out of the gate or keeps that mindset, you gotta satisfy the playtime that needs to happen. So where and how do you satisfy that playtime today? Is it on screen? Is it in your personal life? Where does that balance? Uh, I'm honestly still trying to figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. 
anybody that knows me knows that I'm extremely a workaholic. Yeah. Um, I pack my schedule like crazy. Um, I've had one day off in the last like two months. Oh my God. (laughs) Just so people know, we're talking on a Sunday right now. (laughs) This is, this is how real this workaholism is, is that we are talking on a Sunday afternoon. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um but I do I try to I'm getting better about it um Mm -hmm. because I experience a lot of burnout obviously like just packing my schedule you know um I'm going on vacation um on Wednesday so my first real vacation this year I'm going to Tunisia oh yeah so it's gonna be my first time in Africa I'm super excited about that um it's like five days but, um, you know, I'm probably going to end up making content and, you know, feeding the Perignon mm. machine. Um, but, you know, I I try to set time for things like this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I realized in the last two years that the things that I really look for are these new experiences that take me out of my comfort zone. So like, definitely, you know, doing porn was definitely one of those. Um, I went to the Arctic Circle last year. Holy um, shit. Yeah. And it was, I'm, I'm not a cold weather person at all. I'm from Taiwan. It's very humid and hot. Um, and, you know, going to somewhere that's negative 19 degrees Mm. um, and being completely freezing. Like we went dog sledding and all of that. And I was like, (laughs) whoa, that is so surreal and crazy. And like, I think travel is very, very humbling because it really takes you out of your own perspective. And it makes you realize how small you are in the grand scheme of things. Totally. I think so it's, one of the best, really... it's one of the best educations you can get. Seriously. Right. Right. Traveling, immersing yeah. yourself in new cultures and and participating while also respecting and observing because you know we 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 all gotta work together on this planet and there's a lot to learn from each other. Travel right. is one of the best educators. I'm so excited for you on this trip to Tunisia. How cool is that? Like Yeah, I'm so excited. Um I so for years, I think I I think it's been three years now, I said, okay, I wanna go to the desert, you know? Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened and everything. And I'm not counting like Arizona or Nevada. <laughs> Real <laughs> desert. Um and you know, no hate to people who live there. No. Um but uh yeah, after going to the Arctic Circle, I'm like, okay every year I want to do like one big adventure. So I think this year it's Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking next year I want to do a safari. Um, just like, it's, it's something that I feel like really takes me out of like the hustle and bustle of like my everyday. So like, it sounds would, essential. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Let's get into porn then in particular. So you're having all this professional occupational sex that's hidden, that's done discreetly, which is what, you know, a lot of sex work, a lot of how it's conducted. But then you step into the world of on-screen sex by way of Jules Jordan, who's one of the top names in the business. Uh, Talk to us about your on-screen performance. How would you describe the way you fuck? What does sex with you look like? Not like um, I haven't already checked. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't realize this because I just thought like, oh, I'm just doing what I'm 
supposed to do. Um, but I guess it's pretty intense. Um, like it's pretty hardcore. Um, and like I, I think about when I the last scene with like dread. We oh, shot yeah. and like, you know, dread is huge. It's uh -huh. very intimidating. I even had a friend like who has shot with him the day before. I was like, Oh, how you know, how was it? She was like, you know, I've never given birth. <laughs> I would say it probably feels something like that. In which I was like, <laughs> why the fuck? Tell me that. That's crazy. Um, so I was very, very nervous. Um, but he's so nice, such a great mm -hmm. performer. And we shot, we shot very fast as well. Um, and after he was like catching his breath and he was like, whoa, that was like really intense. And I was like, yeah. He's like, it doesn't always get that intense. And I was like, ooh oh, I didn't realize I had an option to not go full tilt, like, right. hardcore, you know? So, I don't know. I I like to uh, show up and show out. Like, I, I aim to impress. So, I guess it's pretty hardcore. But I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and if you're, have, if you're having sex in your private life off camera, is it the same kind of sex? I know, most basic question to ask a porn star, but I always love hearing it. Um, honestly, yeah, I think the only difference is like the male performance, you know, but I kind of bring that same energy, like, in everything I do, you know, I'm a mm -hmm. really intense person. Um, I am known for like, you know, jam packing everything into a day, like I will be the last person standing. So like, I, I don't know, I kind of just bring that into the, the sex, I guess. I, I'm no one is complaining. May I say that no <laughs> one is saying slow it down, take it easy, because that high octane ability is drool worthy beyond. It really is. It's it's, you know, porn itself is this incredible blend of yes, we know it's fantasy. We know it is fantasy, but it's it's actually being performed. It's not special effects. It's not a green screen. These are two individuals actually having sex. So there is an element of realism there as well. The fantasy and realism, they collide. And you being uh, such a mover and shaker in the business and also being Taiwanese, I want to ask you a bit about cultural representation. Do you feel that uh, how do you feel about what the the Asian models are doing in the business today? Do you feel that representation is fair? Do you think that someone is maybe missing the mark on what would be the right way to present this kind of sex? I mean, it's it's human being sex, let's be honest. Right. Yeah, I I feel really blessed in being, you know, having the opportunity to kind of represent Asian women, thick Asian women, Taiwanese women, you know, like Taiwan's a very, very small country. Um, anybody who even gets slightly known, it's it's like a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and so being able to represent my country is like, you know, I made a joke with a, a Taiwanese friend where I said, um, one day I hope to bring great shame to other Taiwanese people for my being <laughs> Taiwanese, you know? Um, but you know, I, I was able to, I had a little, little article for Hustler where mm -hmm. I was able to talk about like Taipei, like things to eat, places to go, you know, which like 
when I saw it, I cried just because I was like, Tai Taipei is so close to my heart and being able to like kind of muse on about this like tiny little island nation that right. most people will never go to right. um is so special you know and like I know all of my Taiwanese friends are like dude you're doing it for us like this is so awesome so yeah. I feel really, really blessed to have that opportunity, but also just like the more general, like Asian women, you know, like I'm not built like most Asian women are, you know, um, I get a lot, a lot of messages from other Asian girls to like saying like, wow, like you, you're such an inspiration. Like, like you make me feel comfortable about my body and stuff like that. And it, like that is what I do it for you know like mm -hmm. obviously I love my fans regardless but like I think about when I was a kid like feeling like oh I'm big I'm this I'm that because mm -hmm. I didn't look like the tiny little Asian girl you know mm -hmm. and like to be able to be that example of like someone that doesn't look like the average like I like that opportunity means so much to me and fans interacting with you if a fan says i'm really into asian girls hey. what do you think of that <laughs> comment i mean is that fetishizing you do you think that that's a dangerous kind of comment um you know we're talking more and more about categories like interracial and what that really means and i've talked about it here on the podcast multiple times mostly with black performers and so having the chance to have you an asian woman talk i'm like i want to hear about this when someone says i like asian girls what does that mean to you I always think like, why did you tell on yourself right now? You know, like, it's like when people are like, oh, you're so hot for an Asian girl. And I'm like, I'm hot for a girl, you know, like it has nothing to do with me being Asian or not. Um, I think we focus on race like way too much as just a society, you know, like I was speaking to a friend once where I was like, I think it's really strange that people see me and like that is their descriptor of like oh that asian girl you know because i just feel like a girl you know but i'm realizing like there is something powerful in having that like cultural you know tie but i personally hate it when people are like oh my god i love asian girls i love asian women and i'm like uh it, it comes off as fetishizing to me mm -hmm. but like I understand that some people maybe don't they don't know enough Asian women to have them explain like hey it's like kind of shitty when you focus on my Asian-ness and like that's the reason why you like me like obviously everyone can have their own preferences but like that shouldn't be the only reason you know mm -hmm. that shouldn't be the descriptor Right. 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 Like that's is your is your content filtered as interracial? Um, so I've only done like I guess one interracial scene with dread, and I guess uh -huh. that was like labeled as interracial. Uh -huh. Um, so I don't really have that much experience yet in, in terms of like, you know, the labeling or whatever, but mm -hmm. yeah. 
It's a strange category. Like I'm, it, it baffles me so often. I, I've, I've had this conversation many, many, many. It just, it baffles me as to what we fit into that genre and where the limitations are. I think it's absolute trash that that genre exists. Personally, I think right. it's trash, and I'd love to see the end of it. I really would. I'd love to just, you know, say two hot people having sex or five hot people having sex. That's what I want to see. You know, right. um, but how, how do you, how do you, someone who says, I. I was so nervous to see myself on camera. I wasn't sure if I liked it. How do you get to this level of I don't give a fuck though? Because the person in front of me right now, you, I was on your website, girl, and I was like, holy shit, this is someone <clears throat> proud to be who they are right. and unapologetic about the decisions that you've made. Absolutely celebratory of being such a sexually expressive person. How do you get to that? Um. So... I was actually really surprised at how I reacted to the first scene um, mm. because I'm used to taking like stills, you know, and like very specific kind of like boudoir sort of photography. So all of a sudden you're seeing yourself in these like porn angles. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they're not really checking for your face. You know, so I'm like seeing myself in these angles where I'm like, oh, my God. I look like a basketball in the face, you know? <laughs> and it started, you know, almost like, okay, I'm, I can go into like a dysmorphic spiral yeah. about it, but I was, it was really that I was seeing the reaction of everyone else and nobody said a thing, you know? And if anything, people are celebrating all of this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. One, in porn, they're not looking at your face. <laughs> Two, like, I think people like that little realism bit, you know? They like to see you not looking polished all the time, which is very different from, you know, like the escort life, you know, where mm -hmm. everything is very much curated and perfect and all of that. Um, so I kind of, from that experience, was like, okay, well, I don't really like some of these angles what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna study so for there was like a two and a half month gap until like my next trip to LA where I was gonna shoot again for Jules so I was like okay for two and a half months I studied porn mm. I don't think I've ever watched so much porn in my life and I was looking at the people that I thought we're doing a great job and seeing, okay, what sort of things are they saying? What sort of poses are they doing? You know, like, how are they holding themselves, you know? And I was just practicing, you know, I was going into the mirror and holding these poses and mm -hmm. like doing all these things. And I even had like, you know, my, my like stripper friends, like, like, teach me I'm like oh show me some poses that you do like how are you doing this stuff they're like adjusting my body all yes. of this stuff and I was like take from this experience where you see your first scene and there are things that you don't like how can you make that into a learning and my learning was okay you need to work harder at this and like not let it become this thing where you freeze up and you're like okay I'm not doing this ever again you know right, and right. I honestly like the difference between my first scene and the second one it's leaps and bounds you know like 
any person that knows me like in a sexual context um when I was like talking to them about the first scene I was like yeah I was super uncomfortable and all of that and after saying that they're like yeah you know I I can kind of see that because I know how you are you know Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay if I was that uncomfortable the first time how can I just work towards being more comfortable and I'm not gonna lie like when I saw the the little like one minute trailer of my video with Dread, it was like eight in the morning and I'm looking at it and I started crying. I straight up started crying because I was like, holy shit, I actually look like a porn star. You know, the first it's an amazing I- scene. It's Can I just say Thank I you. have seen Thank it. You. It's an amazing <laughs> scene. It is Thank so you. exciting. So sexy. You look incredible. Thank you are you. incredible in it. Thank you. Yeah. And like, I I was crying because I was just like, wow, like I can really tell the difference. Like I put in the work to be better at it and it comes through, you know? Um, And the other day, like I have a new scene out with Manuel Ferreira um, for Jules yet again. Um, And I was at like tea time with a friend and we, you know, I wasn't looking at my phone or whatever. And um, we get in the Uber and I'm like, oh my God, it like the trailer was just released. So obviously I'm in the Uber like watching it. <laughs> um, and I I wanted to cry again because I was like, no, this looks good. Like it's getting mm. better. I'm getting more comfortable, you know? So it's one of those things that like, I never thought I would kind of get this far. Um, but every single one, I feel like I'm, I look more comfortable. I'm, I'm getting more used to a camera being there and, you know, like it's getting better. And I think that alone is like reason enough to keep trying. I I cannot wait to see how you continue to like burst out of a cocoon that I don't really believe you're in, but I know that there's like more magic coming our way. Um, you're, you're constantly flourishing. My gosh, you've got so much to look forward to, as do we as your fans and viewers. I have one more for you today. And I was reading an interview by one of my favorite authors who was assigned to interview the Spice Girls uh, mm-hmm. right before their first North American debut on SNL. And this is my one of my favorite authors, Kathy Acker. And she asked the Spice Girls this question. The first question she asked them was, if paradise existed, what would it look like? So I want to ask you, if paradise existed, what would it look like? It would look like a sunny beach with no internet. And no, like, I don't want to be bothered at all. No work, no internet, just me in the ocean. No one else is there. No one else is there. Is it just you on the beach? Maybe there's other people, but there's definitely no internet. (laughs) That tells me you need this vacation so bad. And I am so happy you're (laughs) taking it. Um, Thank you for being here with us today. For everyone watching and listening, what are the links they need to know to find you online? Um, so my OnlyFans link is onlycons.com. That's two N's. C-O-N-N-S. Uh, and uh, my escort site is meetperignon.com. P-E-R-I-G-N-O-N. Oh, yeah. She fancy. 
Thank you <laughs> so very much for being Thank here. Thank you for having we me. are wishing you all the love and happiness. And of course, I hope all of you watching and listening like, favorite, and subscribe to our channel. This has been another episode of Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree, and we'll see you next time. This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com.